Well, Sidil, Sidil, Politic in the Podcast. We're back again here with your boy, Halem Vons, a.k.a. Dank Sinatra here at Riverside Studios, man, getting it in. If you haven't already, man, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Go ahead and match that, man. Make sure you get the notifications whenever we drop the new pod. We live every Wednesdays at uh, 7 p.m. YouTube, Twitch, you know, Facebook, Periscope. We on every on all uh, music platforms, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, man. We everywhere, man. So we gotta bring in the resident Laker fan, man, so he could talk his bullshit because he didn't want to appear on no show since the Lakers got eliminated. But all of a sudden, <laughs> when the, when the Clippers are on the ropes, here come all the Laker fans, you know, with all they things to say, man. What's the deal, Alvin? How you been? I'm good, man. How about you? Man, I, I've been better, man. The Clippers ain't never been here. My anxiety bad, man. They fucking with my feelings, man. Like, uh, you know, they, they playing with my emotions. They, they got to get it together. So w- were you watching this game, man? I was watching it. I was watching it at the edge of my bed. Terrible. excited. I, I, I thought it was a good game. It was high intensity. It was a, a well-fought-out game. The ending, though, that was just historic. So playoff P, I don't even know if we can call him that, man. Way off P, goes to the line and misses two free throws. He hasn't missed two free throws but once this season where he missed both free throws. He goes to the line. When he misses the first free throw, this nigga sitting there and he's dribbling and he's dribbling and he's dribbling. And I'm like, why is this nigga taking – 55 dribbles. But then next thing you know, you look up and way off Pete. Bricks that shit, man. Got that shit out of here. What's the deal, y'all? Daddy's home. (laughs) Be tapping in on his Clippers, man. Way off Pete, man. Mm. How y'all feel about the Clippers now? And has Paul George basically Uh, lost his all-star status? Is he even really in the conversation? for being a superstar anymore at this point. I can't let y'all jump in first since he's tardy to the party on CPT time and all that good stuff. But um, I'll say it like this. I thought, and this isn't even me being a Laker fan and being a Clipper hater. I don't think anybody looked at the way he landed on that foul. Um, I felt like he tried to sell the foul, and that actually opened up his body to to take a, a, an unorthodox fall. And if you look, he put his right hand back, and he landed in a way that it looks like it kind of like messed up his shoulder a little bit. You're not going to talk about it. I'm pretty sure if you go back and watch his interview, he will say something about it. I didn't watch it. I kind of just jumped around laughing. But um, not he, that he got hurt, but the fact that he missed both free throws. But – when you look at the way he was dribbling, he was trying to get that feeling back in his arm because it must have either had a stinger or it was like, you know, maybe a little bit of an injury. And so he missed that first one. It was short. The second one, if you watch his arm, like jerk, like he does this little thing like this at the end. He normally doesn't do that. His shot is very fluent, very fluent. He kind of like, like pushed the ball like as if he was afraid that it wasn't going to make it there and that's why i hit the back of the rim the way it did and you saw the way he reacted you saw how he walked away to the bench i mean things happen to good players all the time it's just it's just um unfortunate 
that it had to happen with the Clippers. Okay, yeah, listen. So my kids, right, they they watch this show. It, it's called, um, what's it? Wally Kazam, right? Shout out to Wally Kazam. And on the show, there's uh, Bob Go- Goblin, his best friend, she's a witch, right? And she rides around on a broom, right? And on that broom, when she put a spell on Bob Goblin, she told him, sweep us, sweep us. You get what I'm saying? Sweeper, sweeper. Brew, sweeper. Clippers. <laughs> sweeper, sweeper. Stop it's coming. It. It's sweeper, sweeper. It, I, I'm, it, I said it on the last, I said it on the last podcast, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm saying it on this one. Y'all weren't going to get past Phoenix in the first place, unless y'all had Kawhi. The only reason why y'all got past Dallas is because of Kawhi. Like you, you got past Utah because of Kawhi. Now you gotta rely on Paul George, and Paul George is not that guy. He's not that guy. He's a good role player, and when I say role player, I'm not talking about like a bench role player. He's a good, he's a good star on your team. He's a good star to have. Paul George would get you twenty something points. He would do what he has to do, but Paul George is no longer that guy. He lost that I'm that guy when he left the Pacers. He wasn't that guy in OKC, and he ain't that guy now. I'm sorry, Clippers. It looks like it's going to be Phoenix. I mean, you guys, if you guys lose the next game, it's a done deal. I'm just saying. Two free throws didn't two free throws don't really matter. Because he still had time to make up for it, but at the end of the day. So, do you think those two free throws affects his legacy? Like, can he no longer be mentioned as a superstar? You know, that's the question. Is he is he downgraded? Like, no. like Ben Simmons. No. Ben no, Simmons. Listen, After no. this, everybody's looking at Ben Simmons as if he's downgraded. Is yes, he's no longer an all star. He's a regular player. Like yeah. Dwight Howard. You know, was once and he's downgraded to just a no, regular player now. No. So this Caleb. is what we're talking about with Paul George. Look, Caleb, first Dwight Howard's on like the, the tail end of his career. Like he's a real life role player off the bench if necessary, because you know, he's thirty plus. When you look at the fact that Paul George has been um, an all star for majority of his career, if you look at what he's done in each of the teams he's played for He's exactly what y'all said. He's a good star as, like, he's a Robin, right? The one thing, though, that I think most Clipper fans will not acknowledge is that the moment Kawhi Leonard got injured, do you know who stepped up more than Paul George? Man, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson took over that third quarter and fourth quarter and then also led majority of that first half of Game 7. But man showed up and had the best game of his life, not of his NBA career, but of his life. Then when you find out after the fact that he comes from a humble beginning, 1% battery, phone calls type of deal, like all of that is so humbling, right? So you think about it. 
Paul George had his 24 with, like, I think 16 or 17 rebounds. Everybody ranted and raved about. But he went 10 for 26 from the field. I mean, you know, I'm not in the NBA, so I can't say nothing to nobody about what my shooting percentage would be. Caleb, you've seen it for firsthand. Like, we okay. We whatever. I had better games after you, you know, after you left. But it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, like, the fact of the matter is, is, like, we're seeing that that dog isn't in every player. And sometimes not everyone can rise to the occasion. And right now we're seeing that, like, some of these kids who really are, like, real-life hum- like, humble where they have a hard time looking in the camera's eyes, those are the ones that are showing up in the playoffs right now. Paul George has been consistent. It's just pl- there's no reason to keep giving them all these crazy names until you win something. Like, I thought that was okay. It's different, though, because Paul George has been doing it, but, like, Tim Hardaway Jr. When Tim Hardaway Jr. was like the Robin, it was like it was like a different fire. It was like a different excitement. But for who though? But when was he? Who who was his Batman? What, 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 I think with Paul George, everybody's praying for his downfall. So every time he does something good, they just like okay, he he gets to live another two minutes. Paul, Paul George. Paul George. I don't know about that. Paul George's stats. Is no different than oh. what Derrick Rose was doing with the Knicks in the playoffs. Uh, 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 uh. No, his yeah. whoa, 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 no, 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 no. You ain't getting off of this one. Yeah, I'll bring my boy back up in this. Derrick Rose, Paul George's stats is the same as Derrick Rose. Not the same, but very, very similar to Derrick Rose's. So I would like to say, if we're considering. Paul George, right now, uh, all star for his team. Derrick Rose was an all star for the Knicks. Just say, but so what I'm saying is just the so same no thing D Rose was doing for the Knicks. Paul George is doing. He's a good role player. Derrick Rose is not a a bench bench role player. He ain't like Luke Kennard. Um, that you know, if it wasn't for him, you guys wouldn't even be in the game. First and foremost, but uh. He's not a Luke Kennard, but Paul George is not the guy. And it's okay. He's not the guy. So do you think that Kawhi is going to leave now? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I wore my Willie Beeman jersey to be sarcastic because he's <laughs> going he's gonna to bounce to the to a new team. He might end up going to the Celtics. I'll be honest with you. He might go to – I mean, it's not Mike. I put money on it right now. He goes back east. There is nothing for him in the West. He can he can do all kind of minutes restrictions and, and, and sit and all that good stuff on the east because there's no competition over there. You go to a juggernaut, get rid of him. Like you could switch him and, and Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? Like he can go anywhere. And, and he's a free agent, two-time NBA champion. He can do what he wants, how he wants, and he's not going to stay in LA. Hey, and listen. I don't see him coming to the Lakers either. Hey, listen, Kawhi. Let me tell you something, Kawhi. Let me tell you something. If if D Rose resigned with the Knicks, guess who got that salary cap to give you that money, bro? Mm. Only team in the NBA that got enough salary cap to get two All Stars. Probably Woo! OKC though, because you know they got Woo! a lot of draft picks. He gonna go to OKC. Nobody going to Oklahoma City. 
They're not a draw. They're not a big enough market to to get anybody like Kawhi. New York. They that's got Kemba. That's why they're getting draft picks because they, they know that they're gonna have to. Do, whoever the star is is gonna have to be in the draft, and they're gonna just have to give him the supermax and hope that he stay there. If they get two, three people like the Knicks did, come to New York. So the 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 draft lottery was Tuesday night. And the Detroit Pistons won the number one overall selection. So yes, once again, tanking has prevailed, even with the new lottery system. Houston got number two. So tanking looks like the way out, man. So they keep trying to change the system to stop teams from, from tanking and being competitive. But when, when it works, man, how y'all feel about this uh, Detroit with the number one all selection and the, the draft picks like uh Jalen Green is personally my 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 pick. What, what's y'all thoughts on Detroit? And y'all think that with this number one pick, are they gonna actually be better? Or are they gonna need like five of these to actually make a difference? Well, I would say when it comes to the Detroit Pistons, the Detroit Pistons is not in a category of pink. Because the Detroit Pistons, which I was forced to watch, um, they have not been good for the last two years. Well, my boy D Rose is on it. You know I gotta keep putting that out there. Um, but the Pistons haven't been been good for for a while now. You know, so they didn't tank. Now the Rockets. Let's talk about the Rockets right quick. Listen, the league was already effed up. It was all messed up when you can trade James Harden, a a superstar, for like Skittles. You traded him to the Brooklyn Nets for Skittles. You didn't get no All Star in between. You didn't get. You didn't get. You got absolutely nothing. So you knew the the, the system, just like the government system. It's all messed up once you're able to trade James Harden and the Nets got James Harden and did nothing with him, by the way. Nets did nothing. Just wanted to throw that out there. Where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? Nobody knows. Um, so tanking, you, you you can take nowadays. They were tanking. They did it on purpose. The Rockets did it. But I would say with the Pistons, Pistons didn't tank. They, they've been sucking for a while. That's exactly where I was going to go with it. Considering that business has been trash for years, I mean, they're going to make some noise with, you know, I won't lie. They might have an opportunity to at least go, like, the, the play in next year since they're looking like they're going to keep that forever. The East is weak. So they might be able to get, like, 11th or 10th seed and maybe get a buy-in or the little play-in game. Um. It seemed more or less like he's going to be a trade bait. Maybe not this season, but maybe next season. You never know. I mean, realistically, the East just sucks. I know. I don't know why it sounds so bad saying it like this, but the East sucks. So anybody that's going to the East is always going to look look to try to make it to Milwaukee, Phoenix, or Milwaukee, Philly, maybe you know Brooklyn. But I don't think they're going to get anybody else because their cash space is going to be out of control. And then when you look at Houston, Houston, 
if they can get a big man to go well with John Wall, maybe. But their whole tanking thing, they just were trash. Like they let they let go of Boogie Cousins and he would have been a great fit with John Wall. Why they let him go, who knows? They don't care. They you know what I mean? Like most of these most of these franchises, they don't have anything to fight for anymore. Right, they don't see themselves making it past anything. So what's the point? Uh, and on that note, with the um, them giving rid of um, Boogie Cousins, the new team that has Boogie Cousins don't even play them. So that's another reason why they suck. And they're about to get swept. No, Stop he was it. in the game. Hey, he he, he the been game getting 10-11. He's been getting 10-11 minutes. So as the, the playoffs have been going forward, but is he the old boogie? Does he deserve a start? I don't know. Y'all need y'all need all the firepower. Y'all need all the veteran experience. Y'all need all the talents y'all nah, got right now. Hey, Ty, you know Ty Lue got out coached for sure. No, no. Monty Williams no, out coached. No. Sure. Hey, that this play was, was, no, this – no, look. I'll tell you guys exactly what happened. Patrick Beverly is out of control. <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that just his antics are wild and crazy or whatever. He thinks he knows the game more than than uh, Tyron Lue, right? So every time something controversial happened, he sparked the whole "Hey, review it, review it." Like everything happened because of Patrick Beverly from the from the arm. Like, come on now, Devin Booker grabbed his armpit low key, and his forearm bit like hit his mouth. He should his mouth should have still been bleeding from when they hit heads anyway. So just because he showed blood doesn't mean he got a, you know it was an actual flavor foul or anything like that. Everything had to do with him. Tyron Lue lost control of the game, and that's why it went the way it went. It wasn't that he was out coached. I mean, if they didn't if they didn't review the play, Monty Williams wouldn't be able to say like, okay, look, if the play goes the way it's supposed to go, just dunk it. Like that's all we got to do. They wouldn't have been able to talk. It would have went to Devin Booker. He would have missed it. It would have been one-one series. But if free throws weren't missed, that play would never have happened. Yeah, that is true. That is yeah, true. I mean, that's the better team. So let's and get to the NFL, man. So uh-oh. it came out the other day. Carl Nassib. I don't know if I'm spelling his name right, but he comes out as a gay man. And the macho NFL. Do you think that he's ruining team chemistry? Do you think that this is going to be taken well in the locker room? How well received would this be as far as him coming out, especially with such a macho team like the Raiders and the franchise like the Raiders that's known for their, like, you know what I'm saying, brute force and, and, and their antics, and, you know, and beating you with the ground and pound and the defense. How would this be taken by the league? Do you think that this is going to fuck up the locker room? I'm going first on this one, y'all. I'm sorry. Because I'm a diehard Raider fan from day one just because I was born into it. And I think that everyone's embraced it because of how much times have changed and the fact that the Raiders aren't from Oakland anymore. They talked about how instantly his jersey went to number one as far as in sales in two days or whatever once he announced that he was, you know, openly gay or whatnot. And I think it's because everyone's so much more accepting of everything because of everything in the world. And then also being from Vegas. So you're not going to get any blowback from, you know, 
any sexual orientation in Vegas. So I think it's not going to really hurt the team. It's probably going to help fans. It's probably going to help sales. It's probably going to help us get um, maybe a little bit more support. But I know in the locker room, I mean, as an athlete, I feel like it's probably going to be a little bit awkward. Not because everybody's going to be homophobic, but is this going to be like, hey, bro, so do I have to worry about you checking me out because you want what I got? Or are you just checking me out like everybody's just curious? Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not 24-hour fitness anymore where you're walking around with a towel going, I hope nobody's looking at me. Now it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be outcast or whatever, but it could end up becoming an issue where he's traded either mid-season or um, at the very, very end of the season, but the very first person off the roster type of deal. But but when you go that route, if you say something like that, then don't you think that the same thing happened with Michael Sam? Well, all of a sudden he got traded and he got cut, and then he never found his way back into the league. But Michael Sam's announcement was a lot different because – when Michael Sam got drafted and we seen him kiss his partner live at the NFL draft. And then when it cuts back to the announcers, everybody has like a minute of silence because <laughs> nobody didn't want to say the wrong thing. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I remember it, that it was real. Like yeah. He tongued his partner down live on the NFL draft <laughs> and, and we didn't know how to respond. We were kind of like now, and now at this point, I think that, like you said, Alvin, things are a lot different now. I think that it would be received differently because as a straight man, I have seen public affection between gay gay men and lesbians. So now it's not as shocking as it was then because we never seen any PDA as far as coming from the gay community. They basically did that behind closed doors. But I have seen gay couples kissing. So now it wouldn't be as like menacing or like shocking as it was when Michael Sam did. So I don't think that he's going to get, I mean, but then at the same time, if he does get cut or he's out of the league in the next two years, is is his gripe going to be, Oh, because I was a gay man. They they basically pushed me out the league. Yeah. I, I, I think I don't really know much about the Raiders because you know, it's, Seahawk Nation over here. Um, so I don't even know who the guy really is. Uh, if if he's a good player, at the end of the day, your game talks for itself. If you a good player, gay, trans, um, straight, whatever you, whatever you are, whatever you want to be, him, her, uh, like if your game, if you if you balling, you balling. You ain't you ain't going nowhere. Like. That's that's the thing about it. And the thing with the uh, Sam guy, it was more it, I guess people were saying it was more like a, a, a like a show. So therefore, they were like, now nah, we don't we don't we don't want that. Why do you think o- Ocho Cinco couldn't get back into the league? The league was like, nah, man. Well, that was other reasons, too. But uh, <laughs> they're like, they're like, nah, man, like we don't need that kind of distraction. So if he just comes in, does his job or whatever, um, at the end of the day, the NFL locker room, the NFL, it's a job, you know, just like we got jobs that we got to do. 
And sometimes you got to deal with people that like the same sex. And sometimes you may have to deal with somebody that is the same sex as you, but want that is working on being the opposite sex of you, you know? So you just got to learn to work with it. And if he goes out and does his job, don't matter if he's gay, straight, or anything, just do your job. Now, if you become a distraction in the locker room, I think that that's the part of it that's going to be uh, unavoidable. Boy, that, you know, the, yeah, you know, as far as as far as the public, as far as you know, the organization, it, we don't even know why this is news. You know what I'm saying at this point? But uh, but in the locker room, we we're not in these locker rooms, and these locker rooms are tight knit, and it's a certain well, maybe stigma. job security. It's a certain stigma that goes around with, with gay dudes, man. And I, I don't know how that's going to go towards the locker room. Now, if he's still accepted and, and reports come out that, you know, that's just going to show how progressive this world is. But until, you know what I'm saying, until we get those reports and we actually see how this goes, you know what I'm saying, let's stay optimistic. So it's, well, no, it's you know, I, Go ahead. My back, hey, no, I was kind of feeling with y'all said as far as like it could have even been job security because when it came out it's not like he said it during pride month right is it still pride month right now it yes is it pride is month. so yeah so my fault apologies to anyone that you know is a part of that um it's it's almost like it's almost like a, a not even a call for attention but maybe like a last line of hope because He's already in the NFL. He's already playing for the Raiders. You know what I mean? It's not like he just got drafted. So maybe something on the other end that we don't know was a factor into him throwing that card out. Because, you know, it's a card. Just like, if, you know, for example, me being light-skinned, if I was like half Asian or something like that, considering what's going on with Asian hate right now, and I throw that out there like, hey, you know, I'm actually part Oriental, and I would feel like it's discriminative or like you're discriminating against me for letting me go because of this and that, you know what I mean? Then it's like, oh, I don't want to be politically incorrect and let me go ahead and let you stay for longer than what we need you for. Because everybody jumped on his side from J.J. Watt to, to, you know, I don't really know who else said anything other than J.J. Watt, to be honest with you. He's he's very controversial in his own way. So maybe this is a, pl- uh, a plea for help more so than it is an actual, like, just let me know, like letting everyone know who I am because that's, that's still private. Like, why are you bringing the public into your private life when it doesn't necessarily affect what you're doing on the field with your job? As you said, I, I, I would say, I I would say. Now I'm just gonna pay. I'm just gonna pay the advocate on it. You know what I'm saying? See for both sides. Why, if I was that guy, right? Why I don't like I said. I don't know how good of a player he is. Let's say he's a sucky player. And he's about to be on his way out of 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 the NFL. Hey, let me play my card, right? Let me say that I'm gay, right? Come out with it. Let the world know I'm gay. Now, when the Raiders, you get rid of them, you already you already know how the the Pride community get down. Oh, you getting rid of one of ours? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Why are you getting rid of them? Now, if you get rid of them. If it's like if if his numbers are better than 
let's say even half the league or like like if he's just the average player for the rest of this year right and they get rid of him they could come out and be like yo you got rid of him because he came out that he was gay that's why you got rid of him because look at everybody else in the league he i don't even know what position he plays but like you know so you know a little job security i wish i could do that <laughs> That's crazy. So, like, it, it is Pride Month, man, and uh, it's been all type of festivals and parades going up all through the nation. And then there's an event scheduled this weekend in Seattle, and it's for the Black and Brown LGBTQ community. And they said that they are going to charge the white attendees a fifty dollar <laughs> reparation fee. <laughs> Is it wrong to laugh? Is it wrong to laugh? I mean, they, they I getting, it's getting real out here. Hey, uh, the LG, the L, the LG community they don't play. Them niggas don't play no games, bro. And they ain't hold scared on. to do it. Yeah, like on, a, a black, a black party will be scared to put something out like this. But the LGB yeah. community don't give a fuck. Like they straight up say, if you white, you gonna pay a reparations fee. Look, this, is this, this going to be become a thing now? I don't know if this is possible. I'm okay. Look, first off, I'm more blown away that no one said anything about Pride Month and Juneteenth being in the same month. Right? That just is ironic. Like, there's another 11 months that we can use for Pride Month, but I don't know what significance it is in June for them to have June as Pride Month. And I don't mean them in a way of being disrespectful. I'm just saying, like. It's just ironic. So when you say black and brown get in free, but then $50 for white. So it, now it's like completely flipping, like turning the pages and turning everything around. So it's like, okay, so Juneteenth is now official federal holiday. So you white folks are going to have to pay to come and deal with what anything we got going on. Like that's crazy. Like that is, that is like crazy. I don't know if I'm mad or if I'm, like shocked anxious maybe i'm nervous i think i'm nervous i think i'm nervous i think i'm nervous i think because they have no filter and they they will do whatever they want to do however they want to do it that this might create some type of like unnecessary uproar that we'll see about or hear about fairly soon because 50 bucks is a lot of money for a ticket and you don't even know what the hell you're about to get into Hey, you you gotta give it up for him. You gotta give it up. <laughs> you you got to. That's that's you gotta give it up for him. That they the the community LGBTQIA they came out and was like, yo, like they're they're showing more balls than us as a community. Like, like, come on now. They, they, my, my fellow white people have stole, stole the culture and they have made it their own for so many years. They still think, they still things, you know what I'm saying? And, and they do it for a lot of stuff, right? And Fact. the, the pride community came out and was like, we, we, we're standing up and we're charging you. 
and we may be charging you because they just passed Juneteenth, so we're going to charge you for it. Or they came, like, they had a sit-down and got together in Seattle. Shout out to Seattle. <laughs> and they they got together and was like, okay, yo, let's charge these white folks. Okay, we all in agreement. Okay, let's get it. We need to do stuff like that. Why don't we do that as as a black community? Why are we getting together and being like, no, 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 let's stand up for this. If we start doing some stuff like they doing, maybe we get some bills passed instead of getting in the holiday that really don't mean nothing to us. Because Juneteenth was, uh, it, isn't Juneteenth all about, it was really about Texas, Texas being the last state to um, free people. Mm-hmm. So when we celebrate Juneteenth, correct me if I'm wrong, Callum, but if we celebrate Juneteenth, all we really doing is celebrating Texas, right? Like getting their freedom. We're celebrating the fact that we were set free and that we weren't notified until Juneteenth. And it's Juneteenth because it's no exact date. But we had already won the war and we had, we were already free. And then they kept us working on not knowing that we were free people for like another year. And I believe, I believe it was out of, I think it was Lincoln. I, I believe it was out of his mouth that he was saying that if he can keep, if he can keep it how it is, and keep us as slaves, then he would. Mm-hmm. But he can't do that. So shout out to the pride community stepping up and charging $50. Like $50. They ain't giving you like $10. No, we charging you $50. Now I want to know what you're going to do with that money after. Mm-hmm. Are you going to invest that money back into, I would challenge them that money that you charge the white people, the $50 that you charge the white people that show up, I will challenge you to take that money and pour it back into the black and brown community. All right, man. So let's let's get to this politics, man. So COVID wins again, man, as all the lazy people and all the scammers continue to win throughout this COVID-19. So as we come out the back here, Governor Newsom comes out and promises that the state will pay all past due rent accumulated during COVID-19. So Governor, hey, Governor Newsom, so, oh so all these I people that were out. This whole time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So he's wait, wait, wait. You got you to break that down for my slow mind right quick. So let's say COVID hit and you didn't pay your rent. And now, because of COVID, it was a special um, order where they can't evict you. So now for this year and a half, two years, you have not paid no rent. So now that COVID is the end of COVID, now those those restrictions are being lifted and you're going to be able to evict those people for rent. So now Governor Newsom is coming out and saying that the state of California will pay people's back rent so that they don't get evicted, so that we don't have thousands of people getting evicted within the next month as we come out the back of this COVID. So he is promising that California will pay all these people that ain't been paying their bills, bills. 
But so, how will they know? For me, first and foremost, I'm just thinking because I rent. I'm like, huh, do I talk to my landlord and say, hey, you want to make a few thousand dollars on the side? Let's say that you did, like, I didn't pay this last year and a half. You know what I'm saying? I give you 30%. Let me keep 70. I paid you. Let me get my money. Like, let me get my money for this guy. Like, let me get it. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, so now we're just going to throw being responsible completely out the fucking window. So from SBA to PPP, now you can't, now you want to pay your fucking mortgage to or your rent. I mean, dude, this is ridiculous. And it's only happening in California, I see. It's not happening nowhere else. So that means it's really going to be an uproar with everybody with guns saying, oh, man, I'm so tired of paying all these additional taxes because all these poor folks keep, keep taking advantage of us. They're going to sit up here and start going after us on some purge type shit. Not even coming after us for, for real money. They're going to come for women and sneakers. I'm being sarcastic, <laughs> but you know what I mean for real. Like, that's bullshit. I'm so mad. I paid all my bills, y'all. I was paying. Hey. You <laughs> hey. was a sucker. Walking the night, walking and shit, paying my bills. Hey, I I feel you, man. I got last year during this pandemic, man. Your boy, your boy got laid off off of my five year job. I got laid off, and when I got laid off, I had to get it out the mud. I had a mortgage I still had to pay. I, I still had to pay my mortgage. I still had to pay. I still got to keep the lights on, food in my family's mouth, and everything like that. So what I had to do, I had to get it out the mud, figure out, use my talents, photography, motivational speaking, use what I got, creating flyers for people to pay month, um, pay my mortgage every month, which I did, right? Never late. So you telling me, me getting out of the mud, doing what I got to do, which Mr. Newsom, Mr. Newsom, let me talk to you right quick. Hey, I don't know if it's you or Smoking Joe, but when January hit, y'all stopped giving your boy his EDD check. Y'all only gave it to me for six months. And within that six months, you wasn't giving me enough to pay my 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 mortgage or anything like that it did not it did not accumulate to what i was making at my other job you know what i'm saying so you telling me i'm getting it out of the mud and now you going to pay for everybody else now let me get this right how are you going to pay for everybody else see now your boy got a job right caleb can i talk to you right quick caleb i'm going to be i'm going to be I'm going to be missing in action in some of these Wednesdays because I got to go work at a job, right? So now that I got a, a, a new job and I got to go work on Wednesdays and work my way back up so I don't have to work on Wednesdays, right? Now that I got to work at a new job, I'm about to get taxed more so I can pay for somebody that didn't get it out the mud. Mm. Okay. Mm. Wow, man. I don't even mm. know. And, and people don't understand that this is tax dollars. So so next year, all the stimulus money and all this shit, it ain't gonna, it's going to come out your ass. Yes, so sir. you're getting a $500 paycheck, and then you turn around and that and took $197 million of your dollars out of your 500 before you even touch it. 
and you wondering like how the fuck am I supposed to survive when they taking my money before I even touch it? It's gonna be a wrap, man. This is this is the game. They're spending the money, they printing it, they're handing it out, and they're hoping that niggas go spend up all the money and put it back into the white people pockets. And guess what we're doing? Exactly. Charging that's that that's why Seattle's charging them fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they do it to us all day and night. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That shit ridiculous. So Joe Biden, Mr. Uh Hermit Crap, Mr. Never See This Thing in Nowhere, Mr. <laughs> Never Do Shit, but write executive orders for everybody but black people. This nigga comes out and he says that he has a new plan. He said that he is set to announce a gun crime prevention and public safety strategy because of all the mass shootings that has occurred since he has taken presidency, which is probably now in the three, four hundreds in the eight months that he's taken presidency. So it'll take this nigga eight months to see record number of mass shootings happen for him to start to come up with a plan. He didn't come out and say, here's the plan. He said, hey, we're coming up with a plan. He didn't even announce the plan. He announced the fact that they're coming up with a fucking plan. It took you fucking eight months and fucking 500 mass killings to come up with a plan, nigga? And then you don't even got the plan? What the fuck is that? You're announcing that you're coming up with a plan. You're the fucking president. Isn't that your Damage job? Control. A fucking plan? You just come. So you're telling us you announced that you're finally going to do your job. No. He's not announcing that he's going to do his job. He's just giving us something to talk about because you know they've been talking about population control for how long now anyway? COVID was was proof that they were trying to make sure a certain amount of people were going to stick around longer than what they should or not as long as they should, my bad. Because all these additional vaccines that everyone had to take to start doing things that they shouldn't even have to do yet if the pandemic was still as like as uh, as contagious or not the pandemic, but the COVID-19 was still as, as contagious and still as strong as it's ever been and all this other BS. Bro, all of this is so that we talk like we talk and nothing actually changes. I, this is the first I'm hearing about it. I'm reading it as you're saying it and I'm like, what? No way. So they're talking about a task force the same way last year, this time I was in, I sat down on a Zoom meeting at Palmdale City Hall with the mayor, Mayor Hoffbauer. And he was like, we want you guys to be our task force to help create better changes in the community. And we said, sir, we're already the task force. We're coming at you saying, what the fuck are you waiting on? So this is the same shit he's basically saying that he's about to create, which there's already hundreds of thousands of people trying to make their communities better and make this, the world a better place. Come on now. He's too old. This is this is a ploy. If we have, like, okay, I know this is going to come out of left field, but if we have, like, real-life sex dolls, right, this man can real-life be a robot. And he could just be talking out the side of his ass because he ain't even a real person if somebody's controlling him from behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, shit. Hey, listen. Hey. Hey, Caleb, put put Smoking Joe up there. Put Smoking Joe up there. Look at that face. Look at that face. <laughs> He's gonna roast him. <laughs> like, like, look at him. Look at is that is that a believable man right there? Everybody that's watching this, 
I just want to ask you. Why is only half of his face smiling like the Joker? Did he have a stroke? <laughs> Probably so. I I hope not, Smoking Joe. Let me talk to you right quick, Smoking Joe. Smoking Joe. See, they've been talking about these gun laws for a cool minute, Smoking Joe. And you know what the gun laws is going to do? I maybe maybe the panel can help me out with this. How many criminals? Hmm. are people that are, let's say, robbing a bank or robbing your grandma or robbing you. How many of them are going to a gun store and registering for hmm. a gun? I don't know many. I don't know. I'm not a criminal, but I know I'm smart enough. If I wanted to go, if I wanted to go rob some folks, I, 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 I'm smart enough to not go get a registered gun. Matter of fact, you're scratching off the serial number, right? Yeah. Something. So if you're doing all that, you're going to pass it because somewhere in it, you, you, I know, Joe, you're in the process. You haven't even started it yet. So, <laughs> but in your process, you're going to come back to the people and go like, we're going to have tougher laws for people to get guns. And then we're going to be like, hey, hey, mayor, let's go get a gun. Sorry, you can't go get a gun, sir. Wait, I can't get a gun? No, you can't get a gun. I walk away with no gun, right? And then old buddy off the street that got one, that he found one on the ground, come to rob me. <laughs> and it'll be like, what, why didn't you have a gun? I couldn't go get one. Smoking Joe passed this law, blah, 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 blah that made it hard for U.S. citizens to get guns, but made it easier for criminals to go, oh my God, they so stupid. I, I think that it's going to be less about restricting people to get guns because they've been doing that for years. I think they're trying to find a way to confiscate guns, to go and take guns from people. And that's some shit that they have never done, that they have never created. And it's going to say, okay, well, you're registered and you got these guns, but now you fall under this shit. So to prevent you on some, what was that shit? That movie where you did pre-murder and, and they arrested you before they did the murder? Oh, uh, 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 uh yeah. the purge. No, no, I want the purge. It was some crazy ass movie. Attempted murder. Uh, no. No, um, premeditated, premeditated murder. I don't know what the I forgot the name of that. Total Recall. There you go. Total Recall, and then Total Recall, they had a recall machine, and you would go, and it would yeah. show somebody's intention yeah. for twenty four hours, and in those twenty four hours, they would show that you were intending to kill somebody, and they would come and arrest you before you you do the murder for murder. Before you did it. So you would go to you jail for murder because you had intentions to murder. And the machine caught it and saw that you was about to murder somebody. Hey, listen, on a small scale, on a small scale, robbers and, and criminals go, oh, is, they're about to make it a lot easier for us to rob some folks mm -hmm. because they're going to be taking guns away. And guess what? They ain't going to be able to shoot back at us. Right? <laughs> or on a larger scale, you know what that really makes it easier for? Ooh, that martial law, baby. It makes yeah. it easier I, for I the think, martial law. I think that they're they're less worried about us 
I'm worried about our children. I'm worried about the, the 10, the, the eight-year-olds. Yes. Because they built this, and Alvin always has focusing on the future, so he knows. Yes, they are not worried about us. They At can't all. control us. Nope. But if they set these laws, where in the next 10 years they can restrict the next black generation from ever getting their hands on guns. Yes. They're not, they, so they're not, they're not even worried about us. They're worried about them kids. All these laws and all this shit that's being put in place, that shit ain't for us. Because whether they put it in place or not, we ain't going to follow it. But these kids, they gonna, if, that's, if they grew up at eight and this was the law, they're going to follow that law to the T. That's all, that's all they're going to know. So they ain't doing this shit for us. They're doing that shit for the kids. I got to go ahead and I got I to gotta jump. I got to piggyback on that one because, you know, I can tie in this with our last segment as far as with the, with the Pride uh, event. Mm-hmm. Why would whites have to pay? If you're talking about the kids, why would, why would whites have to pay? Because, because the white community doesn't want their children being gay under any and all circumstances. We want to mm-hmm. allow our kids to do that, then so be it. Because two two of the same sex cannot reproduce under any and all circumstances. You can go and get artificially inseminated. You can go and adopt. But under no circumstances can two of the same sex procreate. So if you sit there and you allow only black and brown to put into their brain that all of this young thug female femininity that they try to put on all the males and then the, the way they are programming the women to think they don't need men, you make all the black and brown believe that what is and what was will never be the same. They kill each other off because they're not procreating. Then the other side who's paying to do whatnot is telling their parents at home are letting them know the truth. So now while they're not going to do the same things that we're supposedly allowing to happen, then what happens in those 10 years when all these laws pass? It's worse for our kids than what we're going through now because now our kids who are mixed, right? They're going to fall in so many different categories that if you're not pure in one direction, you're screwed for a long time. And I try to hold on to that because we was talking adult wise. But since you said that whole future shit, you know, light bulb, bang, bang, there it goes. Like it's Kevin Hart shit. It's all it's, it's, it's strategically put this way, because if our kids grow up thinking it's not the way it was and it's going to be a different way, they're going to follow that to make sure they follow within guidelines so they don't mess up when, when we talk about the vaccination you and they talking about it sterilizing people you th- we already got five kids our generation already didn't had the kids for the most part they're not trying to sterilize us they're gonna know that hey uh, we don't care if the adults don't get because eventually we're gonna pass it where these kids have to get vaccinated to be in school and then right. we're gonna sterilize the next generation and then no. guess what? No, that's not gonna only... it's not gonna happen in the white right. communities or the no. it's gonna happen in these urban areas. And because guess what? Then we're gonna have a then we're gonna have in ten years, we're gonna have a white boom, and all of a sudden is because right now it's projected that like in the next twenty years, white people will no longer be the majority in America. Right. So this is their whole ploy so that they can keep this precious land. That they deem they're everything. They literally broke. They went to war with each other. White people went to war. British, Britain and England went to war with 
British in England in America for America. Yep. White people have been warring over this land since the day one. Where did you think they got the... How did you break away from Britain and America and then Britain finance America for America to become what it is? You still did trade. How did you, how did you break away from Britain and become America but then still do trade with the country you broke away from? Still do because the resources that were already there that you took advantage of of the people who were there that you lied to say throughout the history books weren't actually already there. It's mm -hmm. all have it's all it's all unfolding in front of our faces. It's just nobody saw people of our age range, which is 30 plus, to catch this because we're supposed to be 56 years old telling our grandchildren these things as they're in the mix of a war that they have no idea or ammunition to try to fight it. But because we're, you know, we're right-minded, open-minded, you know what I'm saying, seeing it for what it is, playing chess, not checkers, it's easy. It's actually easy to see that everything is strategically placed at the children because we don't have, we don't have more than 50, 50 plus years on this earth and we're lucky. Mm -hmm. And if we consider to do what everyone considers is the black norm or the cultural norm, like Shannon Sharp lets everyone know on Fox, we smoke mm -hmm. black and miles, we drink Hennessy, we eat greasy food. We ain't going nowhere but to the grave anyway, and we don't care if our kids end up with us on the way. But now you're starting to see a real life strategic ploy where it's like, okay, look, you guys know we got money set aside for you, right? Stop trying to be like them and just deeble dabble, play with it. They don't mind letting you in. The, hey, they don't like, they don't mind letting you in the culture play with the culture then bounce don't get too incorporated if you have a black kid with them damn it you're screwed mm -hmm. that shit that shit's ridiculous man y'all speaking that i'm speaking that fire it was getting hot up here <laughs> <laughs> y'all took his whole ass shirt off <laughs> my shirt off is getting too hot I, I was getting dehydrated with all the facts y'all speaking over there man this shit is it's, it is it's getting wicked out here man it, it's real it's real life out here, man. And it's really for the kids. So I think that we really need to, I mean, we need to stop trying to educate ourselves and really dump all our resources into the children in the future because they're gonna need it way more than we need it. And, and, and there's more black millionaires and ball players and shit than ever right now. And they're using their resources to be popular on Instagram. You got niggas like James Harden paying a hundred thousand for a fucking date, but then you got so many needy motherfucking kids that that could have, you know, what I'm saying, put clothes on their back or, or or fed them for, you know, what I'm saying, or, or, or help build a school or fix that that gymnasium so that they can actually have some adequate equipment. There's just so much shit that is going on nowadays that. You know, this is the new Babylon, man. When you look at in, in biblical times, it, we're living in Babylon. America is Babylon, and it's a, a, a anything goes around here, man. For real. So let's get some shout outs before we get up out of here. Man, shout out to both of you gentlemen for always letting me be on the podcast and having my fun talking my shit. Uh, shout out to the AV, both Palmville, Lancaster, Quartz Hill, Antelope Acres, Little Rock, Lake LA. Um, shout out to my kids for holding it down. They made Father's Day really exceptional. And then as Kalen was saying so strategically, 
shout out to all you kids because you are the future. That's why us right-minded adults are focused on you. Yes. Shout out to Brand of Encouragement. Shout out to the hometown AV, Lancaster, Palmdale, stand up. Shout out to Focus on the Future. Shout out to um, the politician. Shout out to Man Things. Yo, listen. So I'm about to give everybody watching a little game. And this is a little game I'm going to give you, right? So <clears throat> this is how I got my wife. Y'all know she a little, she a little Latin spice and everything like that. So I was like, dang, I gotta approach her a little different, you know what I'm saying? I gotta I gotta come at her a little different. I was like, I don't know much Spanish or anything like that, so how can I be creative? So I walked up to her and I was like, I mommy, do you work at Starbucks? Cause I like you a latte. Yeah. <laughs> a latte. Oh my god. This nigga is burnt down. <laughs> no, you know, you feel me on that? Hey, but on on the oh last note though. I also told her, y'all can y'all can use this with y'all woman and everything like that. I told her, hey baby, listen. What has 40 teeth in that it holds back the incredible hawk? She was like, what? I said, like, ah, my zipper. <laughs> Shut your ass up. Y'all is the dumbest motherfucker, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've been studying uh, Steve Jobs. I, I like to study, you know, the minds of, of influencers and, and people that just change the world. And of course, Amazon is a motherfuckers. That, that I mean, Apple is a motherfucker that changed the world for sure. So I've been studying Steve Jobs, man. And one one thing he said that stuck with me is is don't waste your time. You know what I'm saying? Living somebody else's life. You know what I'm saying? Your time is limited. And that's just something that I, I really want to put out there is that don't let others influence what you feel like you should be doing. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Don't be afraid to be alone. Because sometimes in that in that solace, when you're in that room by yourself, you find yourself, man. And that's real, man. They put you in the cage with a lion. Just because you don't try to eat the lion. I mean, the lion ain't going to try to eat you. I was taking the podcast. We out. Peace.